0: This is Points North, a show from Interlochen Public Radio, where we hear about life in Northern Michigan through the news, the people, and the places. I'm Dan Wanshura. This week on the show, hear how Michigan hops farmers are struggling to keep up with the craft beer boom. When you go season to seasons, not getting, your hops not getting sold and not getting paid, like it's really hard to maintain any kind of business like that. But first, That's the sound of fans celebrating as the Traverse City Pittsbitters win the Northwoods League Baseball Championship last week.
1: I've been doing minor league baseball for more than two decades now. And I've never experienced an atmosphere in minor league baseball like what that was on Friday.
0: That's Pitspitters general manager Mickey Graham. Besides their dramatic come-from-behind 3-2 to victory, the Pittsbitters also broke a league record by winning 18 games in a row this year. To talk about what's next for the team, Mickey Graham joins me in studio. Good morning, Mickey. Hey, good morning. We last spoke in July, Mickey, and attendance numbers weren't great. You guys were averaging just over 1,300 fans a game. But I did want to note that that jumped up in the final weeks, which pushed the regular season average attendance up a bit to almost 1,700 fans a game. Not bad. I want to focus though on the three home playoff games you had where average attendance for those three games was over 3200 fans a game. You already told me that you didn't quite expect to see those numbers for a couple of years. Have you won over fans quicker than expected, do you think?
1: I think so. Yeah. You know, being not a new thing, but more of a rebrand, rebuild thing. It takes takes a little bit longer to get that sunk into people's mind and let people know what it is you're doing, who, who you are and what you're trying to do in the community. Even before the playoffs, the last four or five games of the regular season, we saw a huge jump in attendance. So I think fans uh, started to see what the experience was this year, how it was different, you know, not only on the field with the guys and how well they played, but off the field when we're trying to uh, add some more variety of food, promotions a customer service element. and I think that really started to um, get around the community and people responded.
0: Now, do you think that next year you're going to have to kind of build up from square one again, or is there a way you can use the momentum from this year to transition into next year and start with larger crowds perhaps?
1: Oh, yeah. We think we can build off of this. It's definitely good momentum going into the off season for us. We didn't get up here full time until, gosh, April, May. Right before the season, not much long before the season, so we haven't had a whole lot of time to go out and introduce ourselves to the business leaders in the community, all and you know everyone else that we want to go out and shake hands with, let them know who we are, what we're standing for, what we hope to bring, not only for the baseball fan, but also to the entertainment fans. We're looking at concerts, and we have a dodgeball game coming up in a few days, and a car show, and so we're looking for other events as well. So that's what our goal is: is to make this a true community asset, and we think a good off season will get us there a big part
0: of getting fans to the ballpark you have stated is the whole fan experience more than just the actual game. What are you going to be doing to build off of that mindset of what you accomplished in terms of the fan experience moving forward?
1: Working on that already. We, we have uh, our staff meeting Thursday in the six days to go over notes from we had last year and where we can improve and what we need to do. The physical improvements that we, we've got to try to make to, Get people in and out of the ballpark easier, more handicapped seats, those sorts of things that we're we're gonna start right away. So we got to work on the physical part of the ballpark. That's your biggest asset. But we're gonna talk about promotions. You know, we want to do some crazy wild stuff out there to get the casual fan that wants to come out and just have a good time more food options and then you know josh rebant the team manager who did such an amazing job this year is already fielding calls for players that want to come next year so he's going to start working on putting together a team and uh yeah we think 2020 is going to be a bigger better season for everybody mickey good luck heading into the off season. great dan appreciate it
0: i'm dan wanshura this is points north Five years ago, hops were in high demand in Michigan and more and more farmers started experimenting with the crop. But as beer tastes change and breweries adapt, many northern Michigan hop farmers haven't been able to keep up. This year, as more than a dozen hops fields in the region sit idle, their owners have to either wait for prices to rise or close the farm for good. IPR's Taylor Wisner has the story.
2: The sun is shining bright on this late July day at a hop field in Omina. The plants stretch 20 feet tall. At the top of the lines, they are just about done growing. Ben Horney, a farmer, reflects on the view.
0: It's nice to see any hop field looking good, and this one is spectacular this year.
2: It's a bittersweet moment, because today, Horney is selling his equipment to another farmer, the final step in closing his own hop farm.
0: Work-wise, it was probably the only true fashion I've ever had, like professionally but there's other stuff to do.
2: He had big dreams for the machine. He bought the large harvester from France, planning to do the stripping for all the hop farms on Old mission. But after only a few years, all five of the hop farms there closed, and he was left with an expensive machine and no plants to run through it. He blames upheaval in the industry and the challenges of selling.
0: You can only take so many years of like going from processor to processor and trying to find someone who can do it efficiently and so many years of losing your butt.
2: (laughs) Right now, the craft beer market is up four to 5%, but it's much lower than just a few years ago when it was growing 18, 20%. The farmer buying the equipment, Brian Tennis, owns a 30-acre hop farm and is a broker. His operation is doing well, so he's now focused on efficiency.
0: A few thousand pounds, and a day, and that's taken our time, but we can definitely run two crews and, and double that.
2: For our northern Michigan hop farm, Tennis's success is an exception. It's helped that he's a broker and able to sell his varieties as well as international hops to over 2,000 clients. But Tennis says he's made mistakes too and understands how others could get into trouble.
0: Uh, farmers unfortunately picked the wrong varieties and it went out of favor, or there was just so much supply in the marketplace that it it wasn't profitable to grow. So you'll see a lot of Ida farms around here uh, that were growing Cascade or Nugget or Brewer's Gold that just, there's there's still a market for it, but the market value is so low it, it's, it doesn't make sense to, to keep planting it and training it.
2: Tennis grows 15 different varieties now to avoid that, which smaller farms can't do. Michigan State University's Extension Educator Rob Sarine says a few years back Brewers expected growth in the craft beer market that didn't happen. So they bought less and transitioned to proprietary hops that don't grow in Michigan. He says in order for the state's hops industry to stay alive, growers have to become expert salespeople.
0: The marketing and sales component and really differentiating the hops that they have here, um, you know, to show brewers that they are different and something unique is going to be key.
2: For the farmers who called it quits, most aren't sure what they'll do next. Some have gone back to jobs they had retired from or changed to growing another crop. I pose the question to Horny. Do you think you'll ever get back into growing no. Hops or are
0: you done? No, I lost too much money.
2: <laughs> he doesn't want to say how much, but it's a $30,000 loss with this piece of equipment alone. For Points North, I'm Taylor Wisner.
0: And that's it for the show this week. I'm your host, Dan Wanshura. Max Johnston is our executive producer. Don't forget, you can listen to past episodes at pointsnorthradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And maybe even leave us a rating and review while you're at it. Thanks.